Welcome to Luke 21 Radio, a broadcast explaining biblical prophecy in the tradition of St. Augustine. And now, from Greenville, South Carolina, here's your host, Steve Wood. Hello, this is Steve Wood, and welcome to Luke 21 Radio. This is episode 259. Today we're going to be talking about Antiochus and the Antichrist, and we're going to be discussing the views on these two figures from St. Jerome's commentary on Daniel. Many modern scholars claim that Daniel is simply history instead of predictive prophecy, and these scholars, which form the majority of Scripture scholars in today's world, are just like the pagan philosopher Porphyry, who Jerome was writing against in this commentary on the prophet Daniel. Now, what the modern scholars frequently claim, as well as the ancient Porphyry claimed, is that the closing chapters of Daniel, or near the closing chapters, chapters 11 and 12, refer only to the wicked ruler Antiochus, who this is the whole account of the Maccabees, Antiochus persecuted the Jews back in B.C., about 165. So that's the claim that Daniel, A, is history, not prophecy, and B, chapters 11 and 12 of Daniel only refer to Antiochus, who persecuted the Jews in B.C., 165. Now, let me uh, begin with my conclusion. This was going to be my conclusion, but I don't want to lose it, so it's, I'm bringing it up now. Are there consequences from this denial of the authenticity of Daniel? And last time I told you that Jesus's own identity and Jesus's own prophetic teaching come from the book of Daniel. And Daniel is kind of this phony prophecy that's really just history, talking about things that have already happened in time. Well, that cast a, a real dark cloud over Jesus himself. But also, what does it do about our belief about the future and specifically about the Antichrist? Let me ask a question. I, I would really like to hear the answer when was the last time you heard a homily on the Antichrist? Has it been recent? We have a section of the year, four weeks, Advent, where we talk about not only the first coming of Christ, but the second coming and the things leading up to that. When was the last time you heard a homily on the Antichrist? I've asked a few folks, and they don't seem to recall the last time they heard a homily on the Antichrist. I know some of you have, but too many haven't. I say it's, it's a consequence of treating Scripture, prophetic Scripture, the way Daniel is treated along with the other prophetic Scriptures. So here is the big question. Is Daniel writing about the Antichrist in chapters 11 and 12, or is he writing about Antiochus Epiphanes in 165 BC? 
the Antichrist or Antiochus? The answer is yes. <laughs> if you fall into an either-or category, you probably missed it. Now, balance is very difficult, but this, this is actually solved pretty early on in the church. I mean, this is from St. Jerome, and when we get to St. Augustine, it's going to be ditto. It's the same teaching. It's only the moderns who don't really believe anything uh, supernatural. I mean, God can't do anything that we can't do. We're really smart. How can he know the future? Well, he can because he's God. He's eternal. In any case, um, I'm going to give you three paragraphs from St. Jerome. I dare say they're worth more than most contemporary courses on Daniel and expensive online courses on Daniel. So here it goes. This is from St. Jerome. Those of our school insist that since many of the details which we are subsequently to read and explain are appropriate to the person of Antiochus, he is to be regarded as a type of the Antichrist, and those things which happened to him in a preliminary way are to be completely fulfilled in the case of the Antichrist. We hold that it is the habit of Holy Scripture to set forth by means of types the reality of things to come. This is so good, and it's simple. You can understand this. Antiochus is a forerunner, a type of the fulfillment which is to come, namely Antichrist. And then Jerome uses the example of a messianic psalm, Psalm 72. Now, if you turn to Psalm 72, it'll say it's a psalm of David or a psalm of Solomon, David's son, and a psalm that prays for the king's son, Solomon. But I have a prayer book, Catholic prayer book, that cites Psalm 72 to pray in a messianic way about Jesus Christ. Does this mean Psalm 72 is wrong? No. Does this mean Psalm 72 only refers to Solomon? What's it doing in a prayer book then about Jesus? Because Solomon was a prefiguring of the son of David to come and be the fulfillment of what Solomon was only a type. And I'm giving you the second paragraph of St. Jerome here. And he goes and concludes, so we should believe that the Antichrist very properly has had a type of himself in the utterly wicked king Antiochus, who persecuted the saints and defiled the temple. But these events were typically prefigured under Antiochus Epiphanes so that this abominable king who persecuted God's people foreshadows the Antichrist, who is to persecute the people of Christ. So the answer, is this referring to Antiochus or the Antichrist? The answer is yes, both. Antiochus is prefiguring, and some, many, today say, no, this is only referring to Antiochus. Now, for those folks we need to go to Daniel chapter 12, and I'm just going to read you a couple of verses, but um, when we get to verse 2, 3, and 4, 
listen to my voice because I'll try to give some emphasis to a few words. Daniel 12:1. At that time shall arise Michael, the great prince who is charge of your people, and there shall come a time of trouble. Verse 2. And many of those who sleep in the dust of the earth shall awake, some to everlasting life and some to shame and everlasting contempt. And those who are wise shall shine like the brightness of the firmament, and those who turn many to righteousness like stars forever and ever. But you, Daniel, shut up and seal the words of this book until the time of the end. Now, this is Jerome. <laughs> he's going he's gonna to pitch a strike out here. St. Jerome says, what can he say of this chapter? Talking about Pope Fury, who denies that Daniel has any predictive uh, aspect of the future because Pope Fury was a pagan philosopher, and he didn't believe that God could predict the future. Who knows? I didn't know what he believed about God. What does that say about professional religious scholars who do the same thing today? But in any case, let's go. What can he say of this chapter, chapter 12, in which is described the resurrection of the dead, with one group being revived for eternal life and the other group for eternal disgrace? He cannot even specify who the people were under Antiochus who shone like the brightness of the firmament and those of others who shone like the stars for all eternity. Okay? Um, this is one of the strongest statements of the resurrection in the Old Testament, right along with the Maccabean books. And St. Jerome said, where did this happen in the past? Who in the days of the Maccabean revolt and Antiochus Epiphanes uh, rose to everlasting life and others to everlasting contempt and those who were um, glorified and shining like the stars forever and ever? Now, you should know that St. Jerome wasn't a, uh, <laughs> a little wussy guy, okay? Uh, his response to Pophery, and I'll just add uh, my response too. He says, but what will pig-headedness not resort to? To say that chapter 12 is referring to history, to something that happened in B.C. 165 rather than the end times. I'm talking about the end of human history with the resurrection of the dead the stand before the judgment seat of God, this is pretty clear. And it's very interesting. Remember that book I told you about um, that I recommended by um, McDowell? It was Daniel in the Critic's Den. He has some citations in there from one of the leading anti-Daniel scholars, so to speak, one of the world's leading scholars for saying uh, Daniel isn't prophesying anything. It's simply history and such. But he says, there is some difficulty when we come to the last few verses of chapter 11 and chapter 12. Big difficulty if you say it's only about Antiochus. But if you follow Jerome, Augustine, the other fathers, the Catechism of the Catholic Church, 
And the Bible, as you can read it in black and white, it's both and. That Antiochus is pointing to something else, but that something else will have its ultimate fulfillment in the Antichrist. And I'm concerned that one of the key passages in all of the Bible warning about the Antichrist is found in 2 Thessalonians chapter 2. And when you get to 2 Thessalonians chapter 2 in the United States Catholic lectionary, you'll get a few verses, and then when it begins to talk about the Antichrist, it goes silent. It's been zipped. It's been put down the memory hole. It's not there, and you're not going to hear it. And if you take out Daniel saying, this doesn't have anything to do with the Antichrist, and then Jesus quoting Daniel warns about the deceiver at the end times, well, Jesus wasn't warning. His things about watching, that was just referring to something happened 70 AD. Go about your life. Don't worry about anything. Don't watch and pray. And then when you get to St. Paul's warning in 2 Thessalonians 2, these were new converts. This would have been, we would say today, a part of our CIA. Are there warnings about the Antichrist and our CIA? I don't know, but I kind of doubt it. There are consequences. The dominoes fall, and they very often start with the wrong approach to the prophet Daniel. So I would dare say, turn to a saint. Turn to a doctor of the church. Turn to the man who brought the Bible in Latin to the entire world, St. Jerome. I'm Steve Wood, your host, and you've been listening to episode 259 of Luke 21 Radio. Luke 21 is a radio outreach of Family Life Center International. Visit us online at luke21.com. Thank you.